Welcome to Real Estate Investing Abundance, the show for busy, fulfilled professionals like you to learn how to develop financial independence built on solid, passive real estate investments. Now, here is your host, Dr. Alan Lomax. Hello, enlightened investors. I'm your host, Dr. Alan, and it is a pleasure to be with you today as we explore how to create an automatic six-figure real estate investing business from scratch. With us, our guest, Dustin Heiner, is a successful unemployed and is the founder of Master Passive Income. Dustin is a real estate rental property investor who was able to make enough passive income from his business to quit his job when he was only 37 years old. With his podcast, books, courses, and coaching, he now helps other people quit their job by investing in real estate rental properties to live the life of their dreams. So Dustin, kick us off here by telling us about an experience from your formative years that helped you to be who you are today. Yeah. Hey, thanks, Alan. Thanks for having me on the show. Yeah, I love investing in real estate. It's not necessarily real estate that's fantastic. It's what it can afford me to do in my life, basically. Financial freedom and be able to play with my kids and travel, all that good stuff. Now, so for as formative years, I really got to tell you a story of how I got catapulted into becoming a real estate investor. So I've always been entrepreneurial in my life. And growing up, starting little businesses, I'll quickly go to the very end and then go drop right back. So the very end is at 37 years old, I was able and blessed to be able to quit my job, you know, not work for somebody else, become successfully unemployed because I had enough rental properties. But it didn't always start that way. When I was young, I've always had ideas of owning businesses. I even had a newspaper out, ride around your bike and throw newspapers at five in the morning, waking up, banging people on the garage door, you know, banging it really, really loud, waking them up. Had a graphic and website design company, a skateboard manufacturing business, even a pizzeria and a convenience store, because I've always been entrepreneurial. But at the same time, just like we have all been taught, you taught to basically go to school, get good grades. Then you go to college, get good grades, get in thousands and thousands of dollars in debt, and then eventually retire 40 years later on what you've been able to save your money on. So I was doing that at the same time. Now, all the while doing that, getting married, having kids. So I was working the regular nine to five job. I got a technology job for a county, a local government county in California doing IT work. And my wife and I started having kids and I was still looking at, you know, having businesses. I bought one or two rental properties. I knew I wanted to go with real estate investing, but life gets in the way, just like it always does. So here's the story, man. It was crazy how this worked out. So my wife and I started having kids. By the time we had our fourth kid, I went on paternity leave. That's where his dad stays home with the mommy, bonds with the baby, changes poopy diapers and all that good stuff. So I go on paternity leave and then I come back. And that week that I get back on a Friday at 3.30 in the afternoon, I get a call from my boss's 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 secretary. She says, Dustin, would you please come to the boss's office? I said, sure. And then I hung up the phone and I paused for a second. I thought, why would they be called me to the office? Like, this isn't normal. So I get up and I start, as I'm walking, I start thinking that a couple months before I went on paternity leave, there were some rumors going on in the office about potential layoffs. Like there could potentially be layoffs in the county. I immediately shook that off. Like, there's no way. I have so many seniority. My bosses think I do a great job, all that good stuff. So I'm walking down the hallway. And as I walk down the hallway, the weight of everything starts coming on me because I start thinking this could potentially be where I lose my job. And it's a short hallway, but it feels like it gets longer and longer and longer. It feels like my feet become lead bricks as I'm walking down the hallway. 
Well, I eventually get through it. I turn and I see my boss's door. His door is closed. And the secretary looks at me and she she grins and says, Dustin, would you please have a seat? And she's trying to console me with her eyes because she knows everything about what's going on. I know nothing about what's going on. So I take a seat. And as I'm sitting there, I'm thinking about my life. And oh my goodness, like if I get laid off here, all this time working this nine to five job and going to school and all that sort of stuff, was that a waste? And then I started thinking, my goodness, I have four kids. If I can't provide for them, does that make me a failure as a father? Does that make me a failure as a husband, as a man trying to provide for his family? Well, as I'm sitting there, my hands get all clammy. My forehead gets all sweaty because the weight of everything just keeps crushing down on me. Then the door to my boss's office opens up and out walks a coworker of mine, a lady with a piece of paper in her hands. She is noticeably distraught. She's noticeably upset, but not necessarily crying, but her world has been walked, rocked. And she walks past me and my boss says, Dustin, would you please come into the office? So I get up, I go in the office and I get laid off. And remember, this is the government. Nobody gets fired or laid off from the government, but I did. So I take that layoff notice and I go back to my desk and I realize two things sitting right then and there, Alan. I really is number one, I need to get another job. I need to be able to provide for my family. And in doing that, I was blessed to be able to find another job in the same county, different department, really, really blessed, praise the Lord, to find a job, started working there. Now, as I'm sitting there, the second thing I realize, and I would like all of your audience to realize this as well, is that my value does not come from my job. Everybody needs to realize your value doesn't come from your job. So if you realize that, you're going to realize that, my goodness, I'm getting paid so much less than anybody could ever pay me. Now, I also, in thinking this, the second thing I realized, I didn't make sure that this never, ever happens to me again, where nobody has the ability to take away my ability to provide for my family. So right then and there, I decided my value is now I am an investor. So whenever anybody would ask me the question, Dustin, what is it that you do? I would reply, I work for IT. I do technology at the county. Instead, I told myself, I'm always going to reply, I am an investor. Now, it may so happen that 100% of my money comes from my job. That's now my part-time job. I'm a full-time investor. Fast forward the story, buying property after property, making $250 a month from every single property in passive income. Eventually, I had enough properties where I could quit my job. And I realized my value doesn't come from my job. You'll know that you're getting paid so much little than, less than you should be because your boss is only paying you enough to keep you working without quitting, but not so much money that takes money out of their pocket. So fast forward the story. I, after about three, now about four or five more years working in this new department, bought property after property, eventually had 30 plus properties. And I knew that I could quit. So I, even though I was making $75,000 a year there at that job, I realized I'm losing money. End of the story by saying, I went to my boss, my new boss, good boss and all. And I said, I'm laying you off. Basically, I'm giving you a two weeks notice, you know, jokingly. And he says, Dustin, what are you going to do? And I said, well, I don't have to do anything. I own real estate. It makes me money without me even working. And so the last part of the story is I walked to my car for the last time. I've done this walk a thousand times, about a mile and a half walk in downtown. And as composed to the short walk down that hallway, when I got laid off and my feet felt like lead bricks, I felt like I was walking on clouds going to my car because I knew my real estate investing would make it so I'd never had to work a job again, and my family would be taken care of. So I'll pause the story and let you ask questions, but that's what catapulted me into becoming an investor. We'll be right back after a brief announcement. 
Are you a busy professional passionate about the work of your calling yet realize that even though you love what you are doing, you're exchanging your time for money? You know that if you were to lose the ability to exchange time for money, your financial well-being will be in jeopardy. If you can relate, I have great news. Steve Tucker Capital is an investment company designed for professionals to develop financial independence built on solid passive real estate investments. Remove the anxiety of an uncertain financial future and go to steedtucker.com. Get your free one-page 10-step guide to passive real estate investing. Well, fascinating story and probably a story that many, many people can certainly relate to because we do get wrapped up in our careers and have this feeling that that's where our value comes from. And it's actually us who is providing the value to that situation. And I can guarantee you, you're as valuable to your boss only so much as you can be there to produce what your boss wants. And the minute that that doesn't happen anymore, you have absolutely no value in the work world. Well, you learned that at really a young age and started out on your own trek. So take us down that path. You were actually building your real estate business while you were still working. But I like how you emphasize the fact that On that day, you made the decision that you were a full-time investor and that your W-2 job, even though you were working a 40-hour week on that, and perhaps even more, most jobs are more than 40 hours a week in this time and day, but it was still, it was your part-time gig. Your full-time gig was your investing. So take us down that road and take us just a step-by-step. How did you put it together? Yeah, so... I'm going to tell you the way that I did it. And this is the wrong. So I started that in 2006, figured out that the wrong way was my property manager started stealing from me within six months. So it was really, really bad. But from there, I realized the right way. So I'll tell you the wrong way. So when I first got started in 2006, I listened to those infomercial people. You know, you go to the seminar and go to the free seminar, and then they charge you another $20,000, all that sort of stuff. But what they teach is, okay, you find a property anywhere in the country, and then you run the numbers. Remember, this is wrong. Wrong way to do it. You run the numbers on a property. Make sure you're making a little money in passive income. You also make appreciation. Then you spend thousands of dollars to buy the property. Then you spend thousands of dollars to rehab or fix up the property. And then you find somebody to rent it out. And then you find a property manager. In my opinion, that's just about backwards. What I do now, and this is what I teach all my students now, is we build the business first. That's the number one thing that we do in your real estate investing. Like I said, I had my property manager started stealing from me within six months because I didn't know what I was doing. I was following what everybody else was telling me. But after that failed, if I would have given up, I wouldn't be where I'm at today. I didn't have to make me give up. I kept moving forward. But what I realized was I love business. If I approach this from a business standpoint, how can I do this? And I realized that if I build the business first before I bought any properties, then that's going to be the way to do it. Let me give you an example of what building the business first. And this is what I did. So the first one, I did it the wrong way. Then after that, I started doing the right way. This is the right way. Now, give me an example of what that's like. If you were to build a convenience store, you know, a convenience store, you know, soda machines, candy bars, all that good stuff, you're not going to sign a lease on a location, open the doors and set a box of candy bars in there on the ground. You would lose money. In fact, you go out of business in two seconds. What you would do, though, is you'd build the business. You get the gondolas. Those are the shelving units that the candy bars go on, the countertops, cold storage, fountain machines, bank accounts cash registers, insurance, employees, all that sort of stuff. 
before you buy any inventory. Once you have the business built, that's when you buy the inventory and put it into your business. Same thing with real estate investing. We build the entire business first. We make sure that everybody can work in our business, property managers, contractors, realtors, wholesalers, plumbers, roofers, inspectors, insurance agents, mortgage brokers, laundry list of all of them. We do all that first before we buy any properties. And then that property is our inventory. So what we do is build the business, buy the property as a piece of inventory, and we put that piece of inventory into our business. That is how I scaled my business so fast is because a lot of people, when they tell you the wrong way, like I just told you, the wrong way is that your property as a business, that's not the way it should be. Your business owns property. Your business owns inventory. And all you do is you buy another piece of inventory and put it into your business. Now, what I did for me, I lived in California at the time. This was 2006. Prices were skyrocketing. I couldn't get passive income. I knew I wanted passive income. I want to be able to replace my income from my job. So I actually flew to Ohio. I don't do this anymore, by the way. I don't go anywhere. In fact, all the 30 plus properties I own, I literally only seen one of them before I bought it. I don't want to, I don't care to see them. It's inventory. I like a convenience store. I have like hundreds of different types of candy. I'm not going to eat every single one of them, but somebody else will. So take that perspective. But what I did was I flew out there, found one property, found a, a realtor and a mortgage broker, put them together, then got a property manager and thought I had a business. I didn't. What I do now though, is I hire experts on the ground everywhere I invest. I invest in Ohio, Texas, and Arizona. I have students that literally invest all over from the Midwest down to the Carolinas. But what we do is we build the business, then we buy the properties. When you build the business, you're going to account for all your expenses. You're going to make sure that people can manage the property because the last thing you want to do is do what the other people tell you, the wrong way to do it. And you buy a property and then you get to the end, you spend thousands of dollars and everything to get the property ready. And then you can't find a tenant and you can't find a property manager. Then instead of an asset, you have a liability. Instead of doing that, if you build the business first, you're going to have the experts on the ground who are going to be the ones that are going to tell you, well, okay, I know this property or I know this area and this is a good area. I will manage the property for you. You can expect this much amount of rents. This is how much you like what type of clientele the vacancy factor, all that sort of stuff, because they are the experts there on the ground. So fast forward to now, that's literally what I do in my business. I don't fly anywhere anymore. Let's say I find a new city I want to invest in. I start finding property managers, contractors. I build the business first, and then I buy the inventory. Does that all make sense? That makes sense. But break it down for us in step one, step two, step three. So it all makes sense that you put all of that together, but that's a lot to absorb in one big bite there. So break it down for us. First thing we do, just like any business, you want to make sure that you can get inventory. Then you want to make sure that you have somebody that can manage that business. Then you need a financing to be able to buy that inventory. So this is the way we do it. We look all over the country for any type of property that we can buy, that we can make passive income. And the minimum for us is $250 or more in passive income. Give you an example of how that plays out. And I'll get into the nuts and bolts of finding and all that sort of stuff. But with $250 or more in passive income, I realized that if I replace my income from my business, I could quit my job. So $250 a month is $3,000 a year without working, 10 properties, at $250 a month, that's $2,500 a month in passive income, $30,000 a year without working, 20 properties is $5,000 a month, that's $60,000 a year without working. You just keep scaling up to eventually quit your job. Now, what we do is we look for inventory. Like I said, when you're starting a business, you make sure you have inventory. 
inventory meaning I want to find homes that I can buy for you know, less than market values and make $250 a month in passive income. My example would be, in fact, one student I was literally just coaching, I do one-on-one coaching with students, and he found a property, he's under contract for $106,000. Now, I know if you live on the coast, you're going to think, oh man, there are properties sell for $106,000. Like, yes, there are. And there are even some homes that sell for $50,000, $60,000. You could find them and you could rent them out. Remember, you're not going to live there, other people will. So what he did, if we find the inventory, he's buying it for $106,000, and he's going to be able to make $257, I think, a month in passive income from this one property. Now, this is what we do. We find inventory. So we look all over the country. I suggest starting in the Midwest, you know, Ohio, Tennessee, down in the Carolinas, start in those areas. You find that these locations have inventory, three bedroom, two bathroom, 1,200 to 1,400 square feet, you know, middle of the road, everybody either wants to rent or wants to buy. And then you make sure that you can make passive income in it, meaning add up all my expenses and can I rent it for more than my expenses and then make passive income? So that's the first thing. We find that there's plenty of inventory. You don't want to go to a place there's one house, only one house you can buy and then not continue to build your business. That'd be a lot of work for very little return. You want to find ones that you can maybe buy 10, 15, 20 properties because there's lots of properties there. From there, once we find a city that has inventory, we pause everything else on looking for properties. The biggest mistake most people will do, they'll say, when I'm coaching, that's a Dustin, I found an area. I've already got five realtors sending me deals. I'm like, well, that's good, but who do you have to manage the properties? Uh, I don't have anybody yet. Like, then stop talking to realtors. Deals come last. That's the big mistake a lot of people do. They start looking for properties and looking for deals before they even have the business. It'd be like having that convenience store looking for candy bars to buy when you don't even have anything built up. So what we do is we pause looking at properties. Once we find the inventory in the city, good city, good inventory, let's move forward. Let's start talking to property managers. Let's start finding people that are going to be managing the property so we don't have to work. I kid you not, Alan, I don't work four hours a week. There's a book called Four Hour Work Week. I think working four hours a week is for suckers. I don't even want to work 30 minutes a week. I basically work 30 minutes a month on my business. All it is, I basically pull up the property management statement, make sure everything looks good, then set it aside, go back to playing with my kids. But I do that because first found the city with good inventory. Then I hire and find the right property manager. I interview them. I interview them multiple times, ask them questions, get their statements, their agreements, make sure everything pans out well. Then I select one property manager. Once I have the property manager, every single thing runs through them. Meaning, let's say, here's how you know you'll have an expert. You go to your property manager and say, hey, property manager, I'm looking at this property. Here's the address. And they'll say, oh man, I know that area. That's a good area. Or I know that area. That's a bad area. And on top of that, you can rent it for $1,600. We tried to get you know, 16 or 1700 We couldn't. 1600 is the most that we could rent it for. Zillow said 1700 but we could only get 16 That's an expert. So city with inventory, then finding your property manager. Then after that, next step is making sure you could finance the properties. Remember, finding is later. We want to make sure we can buy the property. So we find mortgage brokers, hard money lenders, private money. We get home equity line of credits. We use commercial loans. There are so many different ways to get financing for a property, but we got to build that up first. We got to make sure we can find that and actually use that finding the mortgage brokers first or the hard money lenders, whatever it might be, so that when we do find a deal, which is last, then we can put that money to work. So first is finding the area, then finding the people managing it, then finding the way to finance it, get the money, 
Then last thing is to find the properties. And then we have realtors, wholesalers, other investors, everybody. Like I told you from the beginning, I started telling everybody that I'm an investor. Now I have people sending me deals all the time because they know I buy properties. So that is in a nutshell, overview how you can basically the step-by-step process, build the business to do it the right way. Well, thank you. That's a very excellent explanation on how to build that business in a step-by-step direction. And it totally makes sense for me because all of those things are very important. And I know how easy it is to get lost in, oh, I've got to find that property. I've got to find that property and start at the end of that rather than at step number one. So thank you so much for taking us through that. Dustin, why don't you share with us how we can get in touch with you and tell us what you have to offer our viewers and listeners. Absolutely. Yeah, I love just helping people. Think of it like your next door neighbor who literally just found a way to do it and just loves telling people about it. So I have a real estate investing course I literally give away for free. Do you mind if I share that with everybody, Alan? I wish you would. Please go ahead. Yeah, great. I have my real estate investing course. You can get it completely for free if you text the word rental, R-E-N. T-A-L, rental to 33777. Rental to 33777. I'll literally just give it to you. Or you can go to masterpassiveincome.com forward slash free course. All one word, forward slash free course. And I'll show you how to find an area of the country to invest, how to build the business, how to make sure you're making $250 a month or more in passive income, how to scale it to quit your job. Plus, I also have my podcast, the Master Passive Income Podcast. It's literally just me. I don't really do interviews. Just me teaching how to do this real estate investing business, as well as my YouTube channel, Master Passive Income YouTube channel, where I just giving out all the stuff. Because what's interesting, Alan, I can teach anybody how to invest in real estate, but to get them over that hurdle to realize that they can do it, it takes so much, so much convincing. It's only upon them that they finally realize, man, you know, if Dustin can do it, I should be able to do it too. So I try to make it as easy as possible. So I hope everybody gets the free course too. Excellent. Thank you so much for sharing that with us, Dustin. And we have one last question here, and that is, what was one of your most difficult setbacks in life? You've already shared with us the setback of losing your job, but share with us another setback in life that you have gone through, and how did you come through that time, and what did you learn from that experience? I guess that's three questions in one there. (laughs) So the biggest setback ever was losing my job. That was number one because that really just shook me up. I was like, oh my goodness, everything I thought to be true is not. So that was definitely number one. But if I would have wallowed in that, if I would have stuck in that, then I would not be where I am today. I would say the next one could have been a really, really detrimental one, but I pushed through it. I like to persevere. So I would encourage everybody to persevere, push through it, be persistent. So that very first property that I bought, remember I did it the wrong way. I did it the absolute wrong way. And my property manager are stealing from me with six months. And I was losing money. It was really, really bad. If I would have just thrown my hands up and said, you know what? This investing thing doesn't work. My aunt told me I shouldn't have done it because she did it one time or whatever, you know, all the other naysayers. If I would have listened to them, I would not have pushed through it. Now, what I had to do was to get creative. As an investor, we are problem solvers. You know, if you're working a regular nine to five job, you have X, Y, and Z. You just do what they tell you to do. When you're your own boss, when you have your own business, you need to be a problem solver. So my problem, huge problem, was I have properties that I have a property manager stealing from me. What do I do? So I had to figure out how to solve that problem. For me, it was number one, finding a good property manager really, really fast. And 
fast forward to now, I hire property managers very slowly. They're the first hire that I put on my business, but I hire them very slow. I interview them at least three or four different times. I talk to them on the phone. That's what I do now. But what I did in the past was I just grabbed any property manager. Now, what I do now, though, is I vet the property managers because this is what I learned. If you just grab anybody who says they're a property manager, they could probably steal from you. You need to make sure that number one, they're going to be trustworthy. Number two, they can communicate well. Number three, that they're going to take care of your money just like it's their money. And if you do that, it's going to make your life so much better. Instead of worrying about your properties, you don't even think about your property because your money's coming in. So that was probably one of the biggest things because that really got me to change my thinking from what everybody else says, your property is your business. No, we need to build a business and then have our business own the inventory. Well, Dustin, thanks so much for sharing that with us. Thanks for being on our show today. It's been a pleasure having you. Thank you, Alan. Thank you for tuning in to Real Estate Investing Abundance, brought to you by Steed Talker Capital, a company working for passionate professionals like you to develop financial independence built on solid, passive real estate investments. As part of our efforts to make the world a better place, Steed Talker Capital contributes to activities and organizations committed to better understand the equine. These endeavors attempt to enhance the human treatment of horses worldwide. Steed Talker Capital, working for a world where all creatures, great and small, flourish abundantly. For resources to develop your financial independence, connect with us at steedtalker.com.